Fun is a comedy podcast that features good, dirty people talking about good, dirty sex using all kinds of good, dirty words. It is intended for an adult audience and contains judgment-free conversations that some loveless puritanical sociopaths may find offensive. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Good Dirty Fun with Brian O'Gorman. You like how it rhymes? Ha <laughs> ha, not a mistake. We have a great show for you today. I hope you're out there having fun, you know, because if you're not having fun, what's the point? And if you don't know how to have fun today or you're having a hard time finding fun, you have come to the right place. So you are smart and you are probably a filthy dirtbag who wants to hear titty jokes. And that's okay. That's okay. That's why we're all here right now. And just a warning to people who might have stumbled upon this podcast randomly thinking they're going to hear some nice recipes or a peach cobbler. That's not what happens here. We, uh, we're going to talk about fucking and coming for the most part. It's a good, dirty fun. You know, you might hear some swear words. You know, you might hear fuck. <gasps> you might hear the word shit. <gasps> you might hear the word titty. <gasps> you know what I mean? So if you're not cool with that, just get the fuck shit titty out of here right now. And the rest of the adults can have a good time without you. And your puritanical sociopathic ass. Anyway, so happy to have you guys here. We have an amazing show. My good friend Kristen Becker is going to be the interview today. Uh, she's a comedian from America. She's from down in Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, she lives now in Provincetown, Massachusetts. One of her side gigs, other than comedy, uh, is really a mission. She helps uh, rural American kids who are in like really small towns who are gay or trans kids uh, that are having a hard time uh, because, you know, they're in these towns where people are mad at them for being different. You know, what the hell? Why are you wearing a dress? You know, it makes me horny and angry at the same time. You're different. And so I must hate you. You know, this kind of shit. So she takes those kids out of uh, rural America and those bad situations and brings them to Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is kind of like a gay heaven. So these uh, kids can kind of See what life is like when they don't have to, you know, fight a hillbilly on the way to school every day. So she's a great person and an absolutely funny comedian. So uh, stick around for the interview. We also have our good friend Shane visiting us. Uh, he is a amazing author of Space Erotica. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Space Erotica genre. If you're not, it's mostly because Shane made it up. Uh, but he has an amazing book that is available out there that I think is one of the funniest, filthiest things that's ever been written. And um, he's going to read excerpts from like, excerpts from his uh, from his space erotica book. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a ton of fun, too. And again, I'm just so happy you guys are here. I'm happy you're self-actualizing and going out and trying to have fun because you know what? Fun is something attainable. You can be just kind of one of those happy. I'm happy. I've never been happy like all the time, you know, but I know how to have fun. When I'm sad, I go out, you know what I mean? Climb into somebody's backyard, take off my pants, jump in their pool, start singing Sweet Caroline. The cops might come, but it's going to be a good time, you know? Somebody's going to pull out a, a, a bottle of champagne, you know, jump in the pool with you. Sure, I mean, it, it, it might be somebody who's angry, you know, I might pull you out there too, but yeah, it might be fun as well. 
You know what's not fun? Uh, I just found out this stuff about Alabama. And we talk a lot about sex, obviously. I mean, that's mostly what we talk about here. But in Alabama, they just, and in Texas, they just banned uh, these abortion rights in a lot of places. It's crazy. You can't get an abortion uh, after six weeks. And which is wild because a lot of women don't even know if they're pregnant until after the six week mark. So I don't understand. And also, I don't think this is might be controversial, but I don't think if it's six weeks old in your, you know, uterus, it's a kid. Is that wrong to say? I don't think if it's still running down your leg, I don't think it's a kid. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you can pour it, it's not a kid. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? You know who made that decision too? Was it like a, it's like a Supreme Court? Supreme Court made the decision. You know, oh man, those guys are so supreme. <laughs> those guys and girls of the Supreme Court, God, they're supreme. That's the the supreme place where they make those supreme decisions about women's pussies for them, so they don't have to. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? A person in a judge's outfit. Uh, in Washington should probably not be deciding the fate of a teenage girl on an operating table in Brooklyn. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there, you know? So supreme. <laughs> calls himself a supreme. That's a ridiculous thing. Fuck, that's supreme, hey? I bet they even uh, get free supreme shirts, maybe, you know? Supreme Court is where nine people who have never had sex before decide how 350 million people should be fucking. <laughs> and there isn't one fuckable person on the bench. There is not one Supreme Court justice that any of us would fuck. Anybody? Not one of them. How, why are they telling us how to fuck when we know that they don't fuck? You got to prove to me you can fuck before you can tell me what I got to do with my fuck parts. You know what I mean? Let's see you, your honor. Let's see you make a lady come on a Friday night when she's been working all week and she's too much in her own head and can't relax BS. You know what I mean? Let's see you make her come. Let me see you do 45 minutes of deciphering some clitoral combination with your tongue until your jaw muscles seize up. Let's see you, Mr. Supreme Court. I want to see you uh, have a court orgy so I can see who fucks. You know what I mean? Otherwise, shut up about my genitals. You and, and you guys are trying to make decisions about people's genders. I can't even tell what gender any of the people on the Supreme Court is. All I know is everybody's got tits, front to back tits, the Supreme tits. That's what they should be called. You got no right to tell anybody what to do anything. You know what I mean? You guys can't fucking you. you <laughs> too much titty up there. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I just think that's a ridiculous thing that those people are deciding that. Call in. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't care. I just have a, a, a weird idea that like, you know, people's bodies are their own and they should have agency over them. You know what I mean? Strange ideas we throw around here on Good Dirty Fun. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you guys are having a wicked time out there. I'm having a fun time being here. I love you. I love life. I love love. And I love talking about fucking. And that's what this podcast is. So without uh, I present to you good dirty fun and our uh, interview with Kristen Becker and uh, some smut mixed in with Shane. Hope you have a good time. Have fun. Fuck me harder, you legless lassie. Brad barked back. Vlad reached down and caught some of the sex drippings on three of his dirty finger chips and shoved them back into Brad's throat. 
The taste was bitter and burnt, but he choked it back with glee like he was imbibing from the fountain of immortality. Brad could feel his hold fissuring from the rough penetration, but he never lost his resolve. Sure, no orifice would ever be the same, but it was well worth it. He twerked his hips and bucked on top of Brad's scum missile like he was trying to get ketchup from a glass diner bottle. He didn't have a huge ass, but it was big enough that any nearby alien could hear the thunderous claps of passion from the haunting ghosts of butt-fucking present. Brad started to feel lightheaded from the blood loss and untied the makeshift appendage harness that secured them. He floated away for some much-needed oxygen, and in doing so, released an alarming amount of captured sex air that had been trapped in his asshole. It took no time at all to be quickly cupped in Vlad's hand so he can experience the ultimate DIY scratch and sniff. Hello, Kristen Becker. How are you, my friend? Hello, Brian O'Gorman. I am well. I'm good. I can't complain, actually, all things aside. It's so good to see you. You are located, of course, in Provincetown, Massachusetts, uh, the gay heaven, some might call it. Yeah, it's pretty queer here. <laughs> kind of like a fun little rural community uh, that is inhabited by some of the funnest people in the universe. That's where Kristen lives. And uh, she runs an amazing program called the Summer of Sass. Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that, Becker? I would love to. Uh, Summer of Sass. Uh, we take uh, primarily 18 to 20 year olds. Every now and again, we get a 21 year old sneak in. Uh, LGBTQ kids from small towns throughout the country, usually the deep south, sometimes rural Ohio. Um, and we bring them to Provincetown to live and work for the summer and kind of be able to exist as their authentic self in all ways, a gender expression, identity, sexuality, uh, whatever, artistic expression. Um, and yeah, and we watch them transform into amazing, happy, healthy humans by simply removing the oppression of societal expectations that uh, weigh on their shoulders every day in you know their small town, dirt to dirt to dirt. Yeah, in <laughs> rural America, oftentimes not that understanding of differences in people. And uh, your program, I think, is one of the coolest things ever because it's it, it solves the actual problem. You know, you know how many different charities are like, well, we're going to put money into this and we're going to buy a float for that. This is like, no, there's kids in the middle of these rural towns that are being oppressed and they need to get out of there and see that there's a brighter side to life and that there's people that love them for who they are. And so you take them out of there and you. Put them in Provincetown, the happiest, gayest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Be as weird. Yeah, it's one of those things where they're like, you know, some of them just based on their own gender presentation or like how they go through the world doesn't fit into a couple of boxes. And because of that, they get stared at, they get laughed at, they get bullied, they get made fun of, they don't get promotions, they don't get hired, you know, or, you know, you you max out at you're going to get hired at you know McDonald's or Walmart and there's nothing wrong with that but some kids want to do other than that but you know nowhere in town's going to hire them and so and then you bring them here where like their queer doesn't even doesn't even register on the scale right like no one even notices and so they get to kind of exist and and just you know th there's always there's been the it gets better program but it's like you have to show them what better looks like. And that's what our, that's kind of what our tagline is. It's it's if you've never seen a place like this, where it is about 50, 50 queer straight and everyone is living a life without getting stared at or looked at or bullied or every single time one kid from the program says to me, 
I've never seen two men walking down the street holding hands, just going to dinner. Right. And that's crazy to me in 2021. Right. But it's true. It happens. Yeah. We forget how evolved like the downtown cores of a lot of the cities that we inhabit are. You know, you forget how cosmopolitan it is and how accepting people are. And it's kind of, I don't want to like just, you know, shit all over the rural areas and stuff because there are rural areas like Provincetown that are, that are open, but they're pretty rare. Right. And, uh, it's just kind of sad sort of not having more availability for like rural gay kids to live a normal life. It's almost like you have to go into the cities to find that, that safety on that level. Right. And then how do things change from where you're from? If that's the case too. Right. Cause that's the other thing is like, Oh yeah, well the queers just leave. And so they get to keep their America the way they like it. And, you know, and, and we do have some kids who have gone back to where they've come from and are, you know, are activists now there. There was, we had a trans girl from uh, the third year who was just testifying before the Alabama state Senate uh, against the anti-trans legislation that was there. Right. So it is something of like when you can get them out and, and and expose them to a, a completely different perspective. And, you know, there are queer and trans and gay and lesbians, uh, owning million dollar houses here that have reached this level of success. It builds a core confidence just from representation and visibility, right? Like you see people like you succeeding at a very high level and everything that you've been told, you know, maybe not within your house. A lot of the kids I bring have very supportive families, but their society in general is like, Oh, you're, you're less, you will never accomplish much. You'll, you know, you know, you'll never be anything. And, and I do like to point out though, um, it is called summer of sass, but not because I think all gay people are sassy. That's a stereotype. I'm not playing into it, but I do think that being yourself is really fucking sassy. And like the sassiest thing you can do is authenticity. Right. And so that's kind of the core of it is, you know, not everyone's a drag performer and not, you know, some kids just want to come work a good job and find a partner and not get threatened, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Well, it's even better than your your first title for it, which was Summer of Gay Fucking. And yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That's a, that's a bit much, Becker, you know? I will that. say that we did have to, our newest logo was uh, like a gradient, a color, uh, like a rainbow gradient across it. And the yellow was on the the first S of SASS. And so it looked like Summer of Ass summer in, of the, ass. in the right backdrop. So I was like, can we just like shift it over a little bit? I mean, uh, I, I did, honestly, I did think it was a pun. Was it not? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was okay, really, okay. no, it was, you know what it was? It's SOS. Oh. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, so it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't blame call. people for making that correlation, right? No, no. It actually is actually a nod to, uh, uh, when I was with a burlesque trip, the strip teachers in Buffalo, we, we did a, we did a, a sassy summer or something. And so it was like kind of a combination of all of that in my brain and summer of sass it is. And people liked it. And it's a beautiful idea and it's a beautiful thing. And um, I love how much you're helping people. Oh, I wanted to ask you though about that when they do uh, go back, like in the summer of sass, that's, that, that's the idea, right? After the summer, they go back to their rural town. I mean, the, the idea is, uh, I, so we meet every kid where they are. We help them get where they're going. Uh, and so every single human is a fucking human and everyone needs something different. We've had some who couldn't were were at college and couldn't come go home. Basically they went to college, they came out, whatever, didn't feel comfortable going back to their home in Florida, 
come spend the summers here, did that for two years in a row, saved up money, you know, and just went back to school when school started. There have been many kids who come here and uh, don't leave. <laughs> now, we don't really service them in the off season, but we do like we don't provide uh, subsidized housing for them in the off season. It's something we're working towards. I'm working on uh, you know, raising enough money to purchase a place that this can be kind of a year-round thing if kids want to stay. Um, because it is the economy here is getting getting all right from a for like a you know a nine month basis. Um, and then so it kind of depends. We've had a couple that went back and stayed, and we've had a couple that went back and literally were back in P Town within like two months. Right. So that must be yeah. an absolute shock going back to that after after being in in Provincetown where you're just yeah like it's just so open and so free and then you got to go back to you know dudes with monster energy drink trucks fucking yelling at you and shit it's wild Dude, it fucking man. happened to me it happened to me i went to shreveport on the loose in the bible belt tour where i went to high school and i hadn't been there in about 10 years or so and like i literally had to go get my oil changed and i thought to myself oh i should take this hat off i look really fucking gay to go get this oil changed and i was like wait who the fuck like i reverted back to high school right like i it's it's just so interesting how like I don't know that like so when you're oppressed for so long about a certain thing or yourself when you're so accustomed to like changing yourself to go through life whether it's changing your partner's pronouns or or changing your own pronouns or like you know taking off the hat so I look a hair less gayer like that like they're not going to know you know what I mean? They're like, yeah. if this woman had a hat on, I'd think she's pussy, but no, 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 no hat. She's probably a dick sucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like not the way I walk, none of that. But yeah, no, it is not the overalls, not the Timberlands, nothing. nothing about it. Nothing. But in my head, that baseball cap made me a dead giveaway. And I really yeah. like had this whole moment in the rental car, like, like laughing at myself, like, holy shit, I'm back. Like the second you take your hat off, they're like, oh, hello, madam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, gonna buy you a dairy. Yeah, let me get the door for <laughs> you missus that's <laughs> uh, fucking crazy but you know what it's just it's survival you know like you it's it's the, the negativity of that shit is so embedded and tattooed in your mind for survival's sake that it just reverts to it you know that's Absolutely. a it's sad that it's like that but it, it, it's kind of uh interesting though because the things that we uh see people going through now is, is obviously it's not as bad and it sort of but it then that gives you the illusion that maybe we're past some kind of finish line with people's rights and that everyone's okay but again yeah you, you see enough rupaul's drag race and you go to a couple pride parades and you think the world's on board but when you look at the list of countries where it's still straight up illegal to right. have uh you know for even like even in russia to this day like it's it's super frowned upon you came in like the idea of gay propaganda do you know these laws where it's like you yeah. can't even have anything in the newspaper or anything in the media that might be pro-gay or or might change people into being gay and it's it, it must be just so goddamn frightening for people in those areas like rural america is one thing but at least within the the, the borders of your own country you can get somewhere that's safe but like i feel so bad for people in like you know, if you're in like Saudi Arabia or Russia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's fucking dead. terrifying. It's terrifying. And and it is something also that like I do push back on like people like, well, at least you're not in Iran. At least we don't hang you. You're lucky you're not going to get set on fire tonight, right? I'm not saying and, you're lucky. I'm just saying. No, that. no, no, for sure. No, no, for sure. I know that's not what you're saying. Um, But I do think it's something that like comes up like, yeah, no, I am in many ways incredibly blessed for a myriad of reasons. I mean, even like 
you know, I was clearly a lesbian in high school, but thank God I was kind of good at sports, right? Like I had something, a redeeming <laughs> quality that had some value in that society. And I got to lean into that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there is like, as much as America is well ahead of things, I'm in this place where I just really want so much more from, like, I don't know, somebody once said to me like, oh, isn't, mental health like a first world problem and i was like yeah and 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 we're supposed to be that's the whole point of being first world is you have the luxury and the time and the ability to expand your mind and the horizons and move us forward right so it's like don't fucking compare don't tell me you're the leader of the free fucking world america and then say that like oh but you're lucky we're not doing this no we should be doing so much better at everything because we have so much fucking money and so many fucking bombs and all this other fucking shit and instead we're Honestly, a, a C minus kind of nation at this point, right? Like we're fucking average at best. And I just really like want more. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's bizarre because when you look at other countries that are successful, that are in the first world, they don't have a lot of those same problems. You know, they don't have that, those issues of human rights being violated on mass scale, the mass incarceration, the prison system being racially divided by the state, like all these kinds of bizarre for-profit prisons, all these issues. But I think that's the biggest problem. It's just, it's the money. You know what I mean? It's the capitalism. It's it's, it's, yeah. You follow the green men, I think is the big thing. It's like, if you can profit off of people being in shit situations like jail and stuff, somebody's going to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, Anyway, yeah, this was sort of like just I, I watched a documentary the other day about that, about some fella in England that was protesting in, in Russia. And I had kind of got uh, to thinking about it, like how many different people around the world have to even hide the fact that they're gay. When you brought up mental health, it was interesting to me. It's like, what's the psychological backlash of, say, living in a place like uh, Congo, for example, where you could be killed as a guy for, for being gay and having to repress that your entire life. Like, absolutely. That's, that, that's, there's mental health issues there. Like mental health is not a first world and mental health is a human issue. Right. I mean, just existentialism, just the idea of knowing we're going to, we're going to die. Things like this, you know, it's, it's, you, of course there's mental health issues. But um, anyway, do you do therapy? It's, it is a, it is a, a condition, a reconditioning of oneself, right? Yeah. Like you literally like work every day to like try to make sure that like I think when you ask people to apply discipline to themselves in any capacity, right? Uh, of something that like they're used to doing, it's really hard to not do a thing. And now imagine it's like one of the driving forces of your species existence, right? Your sexuality. Like it's one thing to not eat a cookie, but like, what if like, (laughs) that's so funny. Willpower. Yeah. Willpower works on a cookie, but like they call them needs for a reason. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need to come. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It would be, yeah. It's, it's helpful. Well, I think today we are looking at a new dawn, a new day. But at the same time, like you say, it's not wrong to criticize these structures because that's how we make them better. And I think that's what people don't get. You know, they're like, you don't criticize something because I'm trying to like destroy the country. I'm criticizing it because I'm trying to make the country better and more livable for more people. You know? Yeah, yeah. Be better. <laughs> you like? There's constraint. Yeah. Well, we don't know how to handle criticism anymore, right? Like I don't that even is, know about uh, being better. I don't know if I can be, but I just, I'm like trying, fair. you know, I'm just asking yeah. people, just try, fair. 
just tr- fucking try. That's the new slogan of 2021. Just fucking just try. Try. To I be guess nice. I'm into just try for humans and into fucking be better for governments. Like, even well, though I yeah. know that they are c- comprised of humans that are flawed human beings. I just I just keep I, on NPR something this morning. Biden was in Russia and talking about Navalny and like, what do you, you know, human rights things. And I'm like, bro, bro. Shh. Like, have you seen our fucking border? Like, you can't. Who the fuck do you think you are going to another country and being like, this is what you should do with your human rights? When like we have fucking children in fucking cages right now. Right. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I got that. I know America, America got kicked off of like, I think there's like a human rights tribunal on the UN or something like that, that America got kicked off some time ago. It was like, yeah, you can't be telling people how to, how to do things when you're torturing people and invading countries every other year. It's like, like you know, you're putting everybody in jail. You're, you're like, it, it's really incredible. And I don't know. Yeah. You know me, I've always been trying to get out. Well, hell, just, man. I don't know. I'm trying to get back in right now. It's bizarre, though. Here, I'll tell you this. Because on the on the inside, it's so crazy when you're there. And it's so, like, intense, you know? And then when I get out, I was relaxed. But see, I like the excitement. I enjoy the level of... Like, everything's turned up to the max in America. And Canada, mm-hmm. where I am, is lovely. But it is, it's safe and it is boring. That is the two things that we always have. You, have you, you know, ever just peppered shot. in some skydiving? Like there are ways around these adrenaline needs. That yeah, like- <laughs> well, my my partner is American now, so I'm I'm kind of stuck. I gotta go back down. But also, I'm just ready to go to California. And that's, that's what I always wanted to do. Just you know, go to California and do do jokes and and have you know sex in the hills. That's yeah, what I'm, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm looking sure. to do. <laughs> I which, like it. I like it. Yes. Well, this podcast dirty, so we're going to talk about some fucking stuff. Okay. But I was like uh, thinking the other day about sex toys. And I had Hunter on here last time, who's uh, one of your friends too. And uh, his favorite sex toy, he has like a, like a, it's like a kangaroo's paw that was uh, dehydrated and given to him in, um, in Australia. And uh, there's some kind of aphrodisiac effect when he scratches his nuts with it. So I don't know. I was just, I've been asking people about their, their favorite sex toy. And so far, the only one I've heard really disturbed me. So I was just going to ask you what your favorite sex toy is, Becker. And I'm just hoping it's not a, like a fucking raccoon tail or something weird like that. But. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, I'll like for self, I mean, a pretty, I'm, I love a good vibrator. Like that's it. That's like it's really it's simple. It's easy. I don't need tricks. I don't. I I don't. (laughs) I don't need tricks. Like it's almost like, and I feel like I will eventually, but like I also have never done coke. Right. Like I'm saving some shit (laughs) for like what happens when I'm 55 and like drinking's boring, weed's boring. You know, vibrators are boring. I, you know, like I'm just saving it. That's smart of you to like leave something in the tank for later. You know what I mean? Like I have I, to. I I tend to date younger people, so like I need to like. <laughs> she's in the other room. I need to like make sure <laughs> that like everything can be new and exciting whenever because you know I don't. You know. always got to have something in the back pocket. Something. Tomorrow, you know? Something. I mean, yeah, yeah. I really. That's how I feel about you know my ass. You know, that's how I felt when all through my twenties, people were trying to put stuff in my ass, and I was like. Not yet, because if I start yeah. putting stuff in my asshole now, by the time I'm 35, I'm gonna need a gun in my mouth to get a boner, and I'm not living like that, you know. Right? Yeah. No. Fair. I. But yeah, now I'm I, 37. It's it's butt time, you know. 
I have like a couple exes that were into like hardcore like dom shit. So they like, dabble in that shit. And like so like I you know They like, dommed I'm, you or you dommed them? No. Or they just named you Dominic and you call each other yeah, Dom. Yeah, no, it was just Dom and and, and Tony, yeah. But <laughs> um <laughs> no, uh no, yeah. So like into like, oh, they want to be tied up or the knife play, and that's a, a deep trust thing there, and like you know that kind of stuff, um, which mm-hmm. is always a good time. But I think I've kind of like I've I've out whatever that was. I don't I don't have that so much anymore. I guess I uh, I guess I believe my dick is big enough now or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I don't I don't know. I, I'm sure I could. It's a good time for a minute, but but then you go to like that idea of like every partner is a different fucking chemical experience. Right. So like when people are like, Oh, I'm into this. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. That's great. Like, and maybe that's what you're into with me or like, I don't know. I just feel like each experience is so a very specific set of chemicals that like when people are like, I don't know. I mean, you know what you don't like, but also, I don't know. I just feel like there's room for it. I'm just mad that I'm not, bisexual like i'm a fucking lesbian and (laughs) like you know what i mean i wish i could level up like i think that's probably the highest evolved state right is oh yeah those poly people that can just like it's like whatever i'm attracted to i like yeah i wish i wasn't so specific in my mind about you know where my penis needed to go (laughs) right yeah or if it if it had a more adventurous fucking spirit right (laughs) come on dick get get a motorcycle or something yeah no it's like no i like this This is safe i know the route (laughs) i don't even have to wear a helmet anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's strange like uh so the stuff no matter what it is just after a while seems to wear off but i like you have almost regressed as opposed to like going further. Like I thought I'd like, you know, get weirder and stranger and more out there. And it's almost like I'm still into fun stuff and shit. It's just like, I'm not, I don't know. Like, like the mentality of a, of a dude in his twenties is just, it's all about sex and it's not, it doesn't control my life anymore. I guess put it that way. Like I'm not like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I guess we both kind of met at the point where like, we were kind of at our sexual peaks. Like, I mean, that's a great relationship that I think more people need to get back on, which is, guys in their early 20s and lesbians in their mid 30s because they're like i'm telling you that's that's best friend material yes. right there <laughs> the mentality is the same let's yeah. fuck somebody let's you know, fuck I'm somebody <laughs> yes agreed <laughs> oh god it's true and that Thanks helps so much with um young dudes to respect women because having like a, a a lesbian friend that's older is like teaches you a lot about how to like get laid respectfully. You know what I mean? (laughs) How to get it's true. Like if I didn't have you, Linda and some other people in my life, I would have never, I don't know. Like I I felt like I I had like an insight because with older lesbians, older lesbians, excuse me, lesbians in their like early 30s, mid 30s, like where they're sexually peaking. Like they just know like what you just said about the chemistry thing, you understand very clearly that women, each woman is different. Everybody's yes. got their own chemistry. Men, men are not that complicated. It's like, you could, it's all visual stimulation. So it's like, you like titty? Here's a titty. It's not yeah. fucking complicated. But um, yeah, but uh, the female mind uh, is far more specific, I think. And, um, you know, Lesbians being a, a female mind to begin with have that like insight and stuff. But again, there's respect there. And, you know, uh, young dudes right now need to 
need to know limits and stuff. Go find a lesbian 15 years older than you and be their friend. And he will. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, this is the key to the vagina land. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we already have the map, right? You can always find, you know, like that's just, that's the thing. Isn't that the joke or fucking something that some guy probably said 1997, but like, it's true. (laughs) It's true. You do have the map too. You don't get lost when like you, you have the map. Do you think it still is exciting to be in the gay community as it used to be? Um, I think now is an exciting time. I mean, you know, I do live in this like queer place that has, all right. So interesting. Um, Yes, it is. I think that there's always, I mean, we're, we're not caught up by any means. Right. And so I think there's definitely, I, I don't know. I'm kind of of this, mentality that like all right i live in a queer mecca and everyone's there's a requeering of it right now because it's kind of gotten a lot of straight people because now gay people aren't monsters anymore so here they come with their kids right and we're kind of like whoa hold on wait a minute (laughs) uh oh so what you're saying is if you're not afraid of us you'll show up and share our space oh wait hold on like whoa right yes starting to feel that gentrification yeah it is it is a gentrification of sorts um and so you know, it is, there is a little bit of a, Hey, we're, we're still queerer than you. And, and I don't know, I'm interested in the diversity of the queer movement. I'm also, do you also like the part that it was counterculture before, whereas now it's like the protests and everything have, it's like accepted everybody. So it's like, you are like gay gay culture is part of the culture now. And that kind of like, it's like, not as, I don't know. It felt like fun. I was fucking gay. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, all it's corporate and shit. Once I yeah. saw the banks and the pride parade, I was like, something's afoot here. I want, I want yeah. my parties back. <laughs> and I think that that is th- that that again. Once you get a mainstream, then a new underground is born, right? And I think that's what's what's happening now. Is there is a new under under underground, and it's recognizing intersectionality, and it's recognizing uh, the role of race and how it intersects with sexuality and class and, and all of those things. Right. So I do think that the future of queerness is about to, to look a lot different, I hope. Um, and that includes the place that I live. I mean, you know, that's, I, I do have, this is the first year that I've had three people of color as my summer of SAS participants. There are no white summer of SAS participants. It wasn't particularly intentional. It was, but it was in my mind. And, and, and I think that's something that's even happening. This is an incredibly white place, Provincetown, like incredibly uh, gay, primarily more than anything else, more than lesbian, more than bisexual, more than trans um, white place. And there is, I do think that the future is a, listen, like we were all raised, like it's not like gay people were raised by gay people on a gay island of <laughs> communism, right? Like, like we that weren't all raised fun, on, it's not, I, I'd sign up in a heartbeat, but yeah. like there is no commie island that we were all raised on. So like we're dealing with the same middle-aged white people <laughs> that the rest of like, just because we're gay doesn't mean we're progressive, right? Like th- that's the truth of this town. So I am excited for, uh, kind of that awakening that's happening for people my age and people older than myself and people in the middle like you that the the 22 year olds right now are saying, Hey, like, you know, even the program, you know, uh, it, it's almost where I don't, I don't want to police who you sleep with, 
but you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like, this is a program for LGBTQ kids and you need to pr- show me whose dick you're sucking. You know what I mean? Like, how do you prove <laughs> yeah. someone's sexuality without making it weird? Right? right. Like that's, that's a thing that like, I don't want to prove your sexuality. What I want to say to you is the culture here is predominantly LGBTQ queer. Uh, if you f- w- fit in there, okay. And feel okay. Then you should come here. And we've had a few kids who, you know, I'm not con- sure, pretty sure they weren't gay but also the future generation is fluid and they don't even use those kind of labels really right well yeah uh, i don't know like the the fluidness is i think some people are naturally and i think that's a beautiful thing and like i was saying before i wish i could be same uh, i i i think you know like that's why I love the spectrum. The idea of the spectrum. Yes. People shit on it so much. And so many comedians, it's such an easy joke. Oh, this is bu-. It's like, dude, yeah. Think of it this way. I have never slept with a man. I've never had sex with a man, but I have been lonely enough that one of my friends was like, you want to just cuddle me? And I slept in a bed for an entire night with another man and just held him because I was lonely. Like, I don't know if that's, that's not, I don't, but it's not straight. That's not for sure not fucking straight, but I don't care. And I don't want to think of it as, I just felt of it as like a, a good experience that I needed. So that, that to me feels like a straight, straight rights issue. That's a hundred percent straight. That is literally just human consolation, consoling and emotion well, with zero sexuality is intimacy. Well, there was, yeah, so, you're right. Maybe my, my, um, Machismo. Maybe I'm a bit of a prude here. Yeah, maybe my machismo is <laughs> popping up here. You're right, and maybe it wasn't as gay as I thought it was. But I mean, if I like, but like just, the, I guarantee yeah. you, me just saying that, there's a bunch of dudes that were listening to that going like, "Yeah, you're fucking gay, bro. You fucking slept in a fucking bed with another man, man. You're gay, but like, yeah, and that's why we're like toxic masculinity because in reality, nothing sexual happened, intimacy happened. But if we're going to split hairs about sexuality to the point that we prohibit people's civil rights and human rights, then let's fucking be honest about it. If your dick didn't get wet, it's not your sexuality, it's your intimacy, and you shared a safe space with another man. And that freaks people way the fuck out more than if you would have told me that guy sucked your dick. Right. Like what would what would make you feel gayer cuddling that man or that man sucking your dick? You didn't Uh, suck a dick. Right. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I I never like uh, I never have, but I I, I'm not against it. Like, it's like that thing where you're like, oh, I don't like I don't know what's going to happen in five years. And I don't want to say that. I like I don't know, but I don't think so. And I think I'm old enough to know that's probably not going to happen. But um I don't know. No, like but it, just the idea. Yeah, just the idea of like, is that gayer than cuddling? Or I don't know. I I think to to society, it's weird. Like like the idea of the intimacy does again. It plays with the machismo part of the dude, right? So even if you if I was to do that to a lady, say that might be considered gay by fucking guys who sound like that, you know? Because like it's just the the idea that you're going to be, you know, what's weird is how how how. It, it, they almost use it in a negative way to like just denote being nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> It'd be like, yeah. it's gay to like, you know, hug that guy. Mostly it's nice. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. a nice thing that happened that you're, <laughs> you're demonizing. But there's this thing know. where like softness equals gay. <laughs> right. Right. Or vulnerability in any way because, and that is literally the crux of like why feminists are like toxic masculinity. Like, what are you? Why are you saying that someone's 
brute strength or, or whatever isn't allowed to have in an, an, a level of emotional intelligence. Cause that's really all it is. It's like, that's yeah. interesting you say that. Cause I've just been, I've done like a year and a bit of therapy now. And, uh, that's like, I, I, there's just so much stuff that was in my head that I didn't know that was woven in there from like angry dudes yelling at me to do at me and calling me like a queer for not doing shit and being like yelling at me because I liked animals instead of hockey or like right <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah. No, no, nothing that ever had anything to do with literal homosexuality like you're saying just stuff that they thought was whatever and so as I got older that became my internal monologue of like can't do this can't do that kind of fuck and that's most dudes man and that undoing that it took it for me it took like a like 12 months still doing it but like 15 months deep in it and the, the amount of like just opening yourself up that you have to do as a dude uh, that we've been conditioned not to is extremely difficult and i think that like and you know me man like i'm an open minded person i'm a professional performer like i'm 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 a weirdo so it's not as hard for me to like say open up and it was still extremely fucking hard for me so that's why i find it like I don't think people understand how difficult it is for, I want to be like poor dudes, but like how difficult it is for like somebody who's in that, that kind of culture of just broism and, you know, anger and fear of literal violence. If you do like open up. Sure. About these things. So this is a problem with about it is because like it's men that also do it to men. So it's like, there's a lot of men that hate men too. You know what I mean? Because men was who used to beat me up. Men was who used to fucking scare the shit out of me. But I also love men because, you know, they're my brothers and there's people that have, I, I'm not one of these people that wants to demonize everybody of all one anything, you know? And I think that's the biggest problem. Correct. Is we need some more unity. And you've always been one of those people who's like, if you're a living, breathing person who's nice and good, then I'm cool with you. And that's how I want to be too. And I, we, we, we've gotten divided at this point you know like we've been divided by somebody i don't know by who but like that divide and conquer shit politics 101 that's happened to north america in oh the, yeah you know oh, yeah. and that's that's what's happening they make you they make poor people blame each other about things they can't help about drugs about sexuality about race and then the whole time we're getting our fucking pockets picked <laughs> by rich people <laughs> i mean it's definitely not an easy time to be anybody yeah. truthfully I do think that there is when it is, I think it is a, dis, and I don't want to say dismantling of the patriarchy, but I do think there's a dismantling of a power structure that's happening. You can say patriarchy. It's absolutely a bunch of old, rich, white. No, no, I believe that exists, but like, I, yeah. I do think that, I don't know. I like the idea that like it, there is a dis, disassembling of it, I think right now. And, and I always say like, you know, I have some, white guy friends who are steeped in, in toxicity and masculinity and, and some who are all different levels. There's a lot of you guys out there. I hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sports fan. You're bound to run in a, in a couple. Yeah. yeah. What am I going to do? I, 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 <laughs> I, I like to go back and forth between the two parties and like, that's my comfort zone is like the, the, the back and forth and, and kind of feeling like I have a little bit of insight into both brains. Hell Yeah. And I do, I do have a lot of friends who I see getting fucking bullshit thrown at them when they're really not ill-intended. I think the overall takeaway I have from it, from where I'm sitting right now, as a very privileged white woman, let's be very clear, um, is that it, there, there's just white guys are just so very conditioned, not all, but a lot, to 
their word having weight of wisdom and power that like a lot of other people just don't get in passing. Right. And it's been that way for like centuries. So like all we're saying, all the others are saying is like, no, you're not all assholes. We know that that's fine. No. Yes. We see it was part of the system. Yes. You were part of the system. No, you didn't create the system. Yes. You kind of accidentally did because you were in power, but it's not all your fault, but sit down and shut up for just like, two decades. That's all. Like you've had it for centuries and like your word has been first. Basically the way- pressure is off you. You're not in charge anymore. No worries. We're not going to blame you anymore. Uh, but that also means we don't want to hear your opinions about it. We just, cause you didn't listen to us for like women didn't get to say anything till like 1974. So like, and we've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. And people Fair. of color, maybe even barely. More than hundreds. Exactly. Yeah. So like when you look at it, it's just like, listen, you've had the reins for a while and honestly rest babe. Just take it, take a seat, you know? And I think that, that that's the overriding, like for me, I don't, it's not like, Oh fuck guys. And like, and like, Oh, you fucked up and you're a racist and you are a rape rapist. You're like, I don't know. Right. But I am just like, no, 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 babe, babe, babe. Just, just sit down. and My testicles want to yell, shut up, bitch. But (laughs) my better judgment and logic actually, you know, leans towards the fact that you're right. You know, like women didn't have the vote until last century. Women weren't allowed to speak publicly uh, with any kind of clout. And I think until very recently, you know, and um, I think people have been pushed so far that they don't care anymore. And they are doing things like just hating dudes, like hating white guys. And they, they stop, they don't stop to think there are different kinds of white people. There are poor white cultures in North America. There are whatever, there's all kinds of different white cultures and stuff. But like you say, there is the image of the white man in North America is the one that's the preeminent, like, you know, this is the one you listen to. This is the authority figure. This is whatever. So that is not right. And that is not the way things should be. So to get equality, which is right. What- and so how do you correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's always a pendulum, right? Yeah. And so it's just like fight it all you want, but you were here and now it's going here, way to the other end. And you're gonna say, Oh, we're we're stacking the decks with people of color and oh they that's not a, a proper percentage representation of the population and and all of this shit's gonna be what people say, but that's just what happens? We saw it. Now we have to let it go. And now the pendulum's going back the other way. And hopefully within the next 50 years, it, it meets somewhere in the middle and we take the wisdom or we all fucking kill, rape and pillage and start over. <laughs> or we get hit by an asteroid, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it won't be so extreme. I hope not. But maybe, like, I just feel like there is some kind of... It, it's the two sides have become very extreme. And I think more people than the not or excuse me more often than not you get people that are have our opinions about it where it's just like yeah man i do feel this shit's fucked up but i'm not going to sit around and make my whole identity hating a certain kind of people you know what i mean right. and yeah. quite frankly the idea of hating any one group and i know i have a, i am of the group that's of that you know dominance or whatever but hating any one group because of the way that they're born is not necessarily a good way to be living your life. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't even think that it's about the way that someone's born. I think that at this point, well, it's something you can't help. Listen, right? like you've you've help. played a lot. Of, you've played a lot of rooms, right? And what do you get trained? You get trained in for your own safety how to handle a fucking heckler, right? And yeah, and, and there's a, there's 
Exactly. There's a heckler from the back of the room and what you've got three seconds to figure out if they're malicious or what their intent is, or are they friendly, or is this just a drunk bachelorette? And then you've got to respond and you hone that in intuition. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how I look at everyone I meet in the world, specifically white guys. My intuition feels fairly honed because I've hung around a lot of you. And every now and again, I can tell within the first five seconds whether it's worth fucking it or if you're that fucking white guy. And it's hard to believe that people can tell that. But when your survival depends on sensing out if that guy is the fucking white guy, nine times out of 10, I'm going to trust a person of color, a queer person, anyone, a disabled person, a fat person. I'm going to trust their intuition because usually more often than not, it's a a white guy who's caused them harm and they've had to fine tune their guttural instincts to get through the world. So it's not all guys, but it is usually the ones we say it is. And that's the thing. And that's the problem is that when you look exactly like some people who act like that, it's very, very frustrating. And trust me, nobody hates them more than fucking people that like that like other people look at us like that because they act like that so trust me when i say i i do hate them as well but it's like one of those things where uh i i wasn't really aware of it until i started listening more in therapy but my my partner who's a a gorgeous woman had it explained to me one time too where i was wandering around uh streets night and i love going through alleys and skateboarding at night like two or three in the morning and I'm like, yeah, let's go to the alleys and just walk around. She's like, what are you talking about? Go to alleys and walk around. I'm like, you know, I'll just fucking hang out. I'll go. I've never done that. I'm like, what? She's like, I've never seen an alley past 9 p.m. in my life. What are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, but you, like, I like, she's explaining to me, like, you never have to think about, oh, if I go into this alley, somebody's going to fucking grab me and pin me up against the wall and fuck me. Like, you might get in a fight or something, or you might like whatever, but more like, you know, I'm six one. People don't look at a shadow like that usually, and they're like, oh, "I'll try the tall guy." You know, they don't usually do that. So you start; it starts to break down your walls of being like, "Oh, I really do have a like, like a different perspective, a privileged perspective of just like not having to be in fear as much, walking into a place and not feeling like, "Ah, oh, they don't like me because I'm queer." Or, oh, they don't like me because I'm black. Or not getting pulled over. How many times did I not get pulled over? How many times did I not get searched when I had shit on me and stuff like right. that? You know. So I do understand that stuff. And it's, I guess it's just hard to navigate how to help and how to like what to do. I mean, I feel like it, it is like while you do, you know, look at that, look like someone. I do think that that is the whole point of like, because like a, a, a few words with you and someone knows. And that's what I mean by like when I say heckler, you can't see the person. You sense the person. Right. And that's the kind of thing that queers and people of color and others have. They have a sense and I, it, it isn't always, I, I guess that's where I'm at. Is that like maybe for a minute, but then you go to like, well, all these other people were raised in this same society that you were raised in. Right. And that society is the same one that kind of created this privilege or bubble. It's also the same one that we, we were there too. Right. And without any of that. So I don't know. Um, it's a good time, man. And I think these conversations are the important part, you know what I mean? And having the, oh, for sure. the, the gap bridge because I'm so sick of just fucking turning on podcasts and either hearing somebody, you know, like their whole identity is hating dicks. And then the other side is some dude going, these fucking broads need to do this and this is how they need to live. And, blah, blah, blah. and I just, 
man, if we're not going to try to make it better, what the fuck are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, what do you guys want? Well, it takes, I mean, (laughs) it takes a lot of vulnerability. Actually, it's kind of fucking gay that you say that. It is gay. And that's the problem (laughs) is it does take vulnerability. And I'm not saying it needs to come from one side or the other. I'm just saying that like on the, on the, you know, dude on the bro side, they need to fucking open up and stop being afraid of everything that they think is gay and start understanding that people are not trying to come and fuck their kids and take their fucking you know houses and neighborhoods and shit like that and on the other side i think there needs to be a bit of a understanding of how deep this idea of toxic masculinity or whatever you want to call it is is embedded in men's head how how difficult it is to deal with testosterone at the age of 21 22 years old when everybody just wants you to go to war or fucking in, use, use your body to to do something so i'm not saying trying to say feel sorry for these young guys but there needs to be some kind of understanding of what young men and men are, are going through in order to in make this it better. culture in this culture specifically specifically the North American culture. Right. And it's like the, the, just this, this machismo, all this other stuff. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to feel. You're not allowed to emote in front of other dudes. This is uh, very important that if we don't address this shit, it's just, just going to keep happening and happening and happening. I'm not trying to pussify dudes. I'm not trying to like make everybody, you know, like a wimp or yeah. something, but it's like this mental health issue of dudes thinking they need to fucking fight everything, fight their way through life is what's causing the problems we're we're not we're not apes anymore we're not in the fucking you know savannah desert we're humans and we're evolved and we don't need a lot of these things the other thing i was just chemically like you were saying uh before um you know a transitioning people i'm sure you've known some people that are transitioning from female to male right when they start hitting that testosterone when they start taking testosterone i've had a bunch of friends that are uh transitioning uh female to male that are like i didn't understand the level of how pissed off i'd get you know or how how like titties i would just be horny all the time and it was just like people don't get that like i mean dudes don't necessarily want to feel those things like i didn't want to be horny 24 hours a day when i was 22 you know what i mean i didn't want to be um thinking about uh, fighting dudes all the time or whatever. But if I went into a bar environment, I had to think about that shit all the time, competing with other guys and all that. I don't want any of that shit. It's just that you, you have to with society. So I think the understanding needs to come go, dude, I understand you're going through that fucking shit, but this is laying it out for you. Like what is the problem? Why this is an issue? Why fucking you, this is what you need to do to help us make society better instead of being like, fuck you man because no one's gonna fucking change to that well i mean i i think that there has been a lot of trying to get the message through but they're definitely when then you look at uh that's fair (laughs) it, it it does come with a combination of a release of some power and people no matter who the group no matter who has the power relinquishing any of that doesn't come easily. And when you mix it with testosterone and you, mix it, I mean, because, cause it's like, it's like, yo, we're fucking trying, but we won't, you won't let us like, we, we can't even like, like change the, the books in school to say it's okay if boys cry. Do you know what I mean? Like we're trying, yeah, but because I mean, it's kind of on y'all, bro. Like, <laughs> get your boy. That's get your, your boy. Right? See, here's the thing: I, I don't have the phone numbers for like the Republican governors and shit. But if I did, I would love to talk to them. But you're right. You're right. It's fucking. 
dudes that need to be open. But here's the thing. When guys do stuff like actually cry or whatever, there's yeah. women can be vicious. About for it. sure. A hundred percent. I try to call that shit out all the time. Just for the record. I do try to call that shit out all the time. It's I happened. do try to be an advocate for white guys. Well, I'm not trying to be like, you know, no, but no, I think it's important. I think it's important. I think it's just as important to call out all of it. It's not fair. It is not uh, an appropriate thing that happens. Uh, um, And, you know, and then I go a a little bit to the left and I go, oh, well, I mean, I guess I don't really know what the parameters of their relationship are. Like maybe before they got married, she was like, don't ever be a little bitch. And he was like, okay, right? Like, (laughs) I don't fucking know because why do our parameters only exist around how we fuck or who we fuck? Like maybe it's also like, no, actually, I told you from the beginning, no little bitch moves, right? (laughs) A little bitch right now. You know what you got yourself into. Yeah, like who knows? I mean, like the thing is though, like I just feel that like so, like if that's the issue, right? Like even that, right? Like, yeah, like people being like, if that's the issue, and I, I hear it all the time. Men need to be sensitive. They need to open up therapy. You know that famous meme where it's like, what Earth would look like if men went to therapy, and it's like this perfect utopia. And then you open up and you cry about something, and you'll hear like, oh, I'm so sick of men crying, or I don't know, listen to a fucking Amy Winehouse album. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be stronger than me, and all this kind of shit. And you're like, <laughs> does she say that? Oh yeah, the whole uh, uh, yeah, a whole song. It's like I feel like a lady, and you're my lady boy. It's oh, like a fucking man. yeah, man. Like I, I think there's a whole. <sighs> they need to be the acceptance on both. But I'm not saying it's not the dudes with the problem. But if you want a dude to be open and fucking sensitive, don't be surprised when he starts crying, you know, like a motherfucker. Because <laughs> there's a lot of pain in there for a lot of the dudes, you know. I think the reality is that if we remove, because here's the thing that I don't, you know, and I feel like fucking, was it Rogan or something that like there, you know, there is a concept of the spectrum. And I think all that we're saying is like, if we can all open our eyes to see toxic masculinity, which we expect white men to be able to see clearer because they're coming from a position of power. And when women and people of color have to start to really open their eyes and see the life that they've been living, it's a little bit trickier. So there is a little bit of a more expectation on white dudes to see that. I think removing it has to come from y'all. And I don't think you'll all be pussies. I think there'll still be some <laughs> some meathead testosterone fuck fighters, right? right? I just think it will balance out more. And I think that there are women who want to be fucking yanked and fucked. And there are women who want you to take out the garbage and, and, and have some emotional intelligence and we will all find each other. And that's how it works. But I think what we're saying is like, we currently have a construct that we created societally under notions that men are the most powerful ruling thing and they rule all. And so all we're saying is like, get rid of all the things we constructed in our mind is how our society needs to work. Most of our from derived from religion and see how humans behave, right? Because we thought the Christian thing was going to mean we were going to have a great, loving, caring, fulfilled, happy society. Turns out didn't work that way. Still made money. The number one thing here we are. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I just think that like, no, I don't think it means all men are going to be fucking huggers or whatever. But I think that when we remove the expectations and we allow things like science to 
dictate like, oh, there, there is a spectrum of gender. There is a spectrum of sexuality. There is like this man, woman, dick, pussy thing is fucking a religion. And like people take it like it's biology and it's not like it was biology until we fucking made so many people. We ran out of resources on the fucking planet. Like everybody stop being straight. We're running out of fucking water. Right? Like <laughs> maybe it's as simple as that. Like maybe <laughs> honestly, we could turn this carbon footprint shit around tomorrow. Some Darwinian yeah. shit that is just like, uh, no guys, too many, too many. Everybody start getting a little tender. Queer. <laughs> yeah, it's like the natural thinning of the herd, you know? Man, I, probably, you know, it actually. Might be. But I think you put it really well, man. You articulate it really well and in a way that's like not confrontational to the point where it makes you feel bad for having a penis. So I appreciate that shit. No, I don't think uh, you should. I've got, you know, we buy those. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are pretty fun. I'm just throwing it out there. No, they're if you great. Don't have one. They're Get great. a couple. I'm glad I don't have one. I do feel like they're too much responsibility. Truthfully, they feel like very vulnerable and like outside. Like it just feels like bad design for me. Like they seem so valuable, but yet they just hang out. That's it's like, the weirdest thing. Like it's like an off switch too. Yeah. Like an off switch on the outside of your body. Like you could have the strongest, toughest dude in the world, and you just fucking flick his nut. And I'm not exaggerating. A fucking like this and he'll be ah and immobilized yeah i don't envy that minutes. it's I don't insane envy that. i don't know but it is it is fun because like it's exactly what you want to do it exactly what you think you want to do with it like you know girls get a lot of dick envy there's a lot of people out there with dick envy and they'll be like what's, what's oh for I, sure if i had a dick i would just want to put it in everything i'm like yeah no that's what it's like it's exactly like, <laughs> yeah put it in things. Like things, just, just for fun you know what i mean see if it fits stuff like that. <laughs> yeah no that sounds like a great time <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time you know what i mean but anyway yeah I, I do think that like all this stuff together like it just to wrap it all up it's like the the, the sexuality of everybody is uh on this grand spectrum that we everybody tries to put in their own mind and tries to box everybody into certain categories you know what i mean and being like you're this and you're that and this is you and this that and people now are even trying to like define themselves uh as different categories do you think that that's healthy or i don't say unhealthy or unhealthy let's say a good thing or a bad thing on the whole where we're categorizing people to this level like is it an over categorization of people that's that's dividing or is that allowing people to more be themselves and bringing us together? I think we're on this, like this, we're this at this Guinea pig stage of our species and like technology has been handed to us. And like we, for the longest time, you know, I mean, I fucking to obviously we have a homeless problem and we have a, a people that are hungry in our streets, but like just this idea that like we have evolved to this place where we could kind of feed everybody and take care of everything and do everything. And we're not so wait, fuck. hold on. Ask me that question one more time. <laughs> Cause I just had two thoughts collide in my brain and then literally wiped each, each other out. Okay. And do you know what I mean? Has two that ever comments collided in the space of your mind? Yeah. Like, I, like, like totally got a noise so. happened outside and I got fucking distracted. And then I came back and I was like, I can try to bullshit yeah. back. Yeah. 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 No, I got you. I got you. I, right when you. I got scared when you said that. Cause I was like, fuck, that was a long question, but I think I was just being overly wordy. No, but, no, no uh, you're okay. You're okay. Uh, yeah. I was asking you if I, uh, if you thought that the, uh, categorization of people like I thought right, like, right, right, like right. Uh, defining your sexuality and all these different categories if that's generally a good thing or a bad thing I feel like we have to like 
a friend of mine the other day said, uh, oh, well, you know, I'm a vegan. So that tells you a lot about me. I was like, no, it actually doesn't. Like it used to tell me, I guess, a lot about me, but now I know and understand veganism to mean that it can mean either you love animals or that you do it for your own cholesterol levels, or perhaps you have an eating disorder. Like it could tell me a million, there's a million things that that word can say now. And I think that we're at that point where like one word doesn't sum it up anymore. And so we have to be careful of how we categorize. However, we are still species and a planet that has a brain that's pretty fucking high functioning that takes notes of all the things we interact and see and ingest. And if our media is toxic and full of racist imagery and, and like, like that is still happening too. Right. Like, so do I think that it makes sense to categorize maybe? Yeah. But like we need a deep, we need to go deeper, like simple labels don't do it anymore. And I think that we're like at, we are a guinea pig of like humanity because the amount of information getting thrown at us is incredible. Like, I'm not sure we were supposed to know what a guy around the world was thinking every minute of the day. Like, I'm not sure that our brains in this tribal species that we are, are, you know what I mean? Like a whale in (laughs) Nova Scotia doesn't talk to a whale in the Dominican Republic, except for like when they swim by each other or whatever the fuck, do you know what I mean? Like, that's it. And that's all those, they won't be able to find them later. And like, so I'm just like, not sure that our brain computers are processing the information fast enough and are able to then interject it in a whole nother level, which is like one-on-one energy communication, which we've lost the ability of like reading some social cues because we've cut that energy off, which we have a little bit of something through a computer screen, but it's not exactly the same, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I think that I don't know that we'll ever be able to stop categorizing because it's like part of our makeup as a species for survival and like taking all this information and logging it in our, in our memory bank. But I do think that like, we're just fucked for another 20 years or so playing catch up and everyone (laughs) just try to try to be safe. And (laughs) it does feel like they're just doing a, an experiment on us right now. You know, something's just like, Here's a smartphone. Have fun with that for the next 50 years. And it's just like every, like the whole fucking planet just turns into a big ball of smoke for the next 50 years until we figure it out. But yeah. I mean, it's all technology though, right? It's not just this shit. It's like, you know, they invented the printing press. Maybe they were like, a human shouldn't know what other people think across the ocean or whatever, you know? Right. I wonder, but I... Uh, there's really no comparing it though, because the amount of information and the amount of like just video stuff and like looking at shit all day long, it, I, I unplugged from it this, this, uh, during the quarantine for four months. I didn't post on Facebook for four and a half months or something like that. I still haven't. Nice. But, um, uh, I'm going to again soon. I have to re-engage with social media for this stuff. Career starting right. again, you know, all that crap. Right. And I don't know. It's going to be difficult. I, I think I can handle it a bit better now. But when I unplugged completely, um, I just felt a lot better. <laughs> like as a Same. human, my brain chilled out. I was cool with it. So I think I'm just might just only post and not look at what happens after. You know? Yeah, no, I'm the same. It is definitely a thing where like if I could afford anything, it would be someone to do that. And also like, like it really it is something that feels so. You want to split it? Uh, yeah. Let's hire somebody, somebody that's like really high on meth or something like work a lot for us. Some people really like that shit. And you know, like it suits very specific, you know, some lifestyles for people who like need to work from home or travel or whatever. And, but for me personally, it just not anymore. Nah. 
<laughs> not wow. anymore. I was into it for a while and I still like, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't participate, but I definitely, I don't have Facebook on my phone. I found that was a good, I just took the app off my phone. So that way it's just not a, it's around when I need to start doing shows again, but which is yeah. soon. Yeah. 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 Company whole different kind of engagement this time. No more pictures of me in my bikini because when I put uh, those things on, for. but the likes, you know, it's the, the, the cortisol spike's been really fucking with me if I don't do well. Fair, fair. So anyway, but Becker, <laughs> I, uh, we got to wrap it up, but I, I yeah, love, thanks. Love, love talking to you, man. This was such a fun conversation and I had a great time. It was all over the fucking place. It was all over the place. Stuff, man. I love talking to Becker. Uh, check uh, Kristen Becker out uh, online. Um, I'll put your, your stuff up on the screen, Sweet. but do you want to just tell them real quick what you're... Yeah, yeah. KristenBecker.com um, and then, you know, SummerOfSass.com and... Oh yeah, check that out and donate if you can to Summer Assass, amazing sure. organization. Yeah. Uh, sure, send us money. Out. Sure, All right. yeah, take it. <laughs> Thanks a million, Becker. I uh, love you, buddy. Thank you. Good daddy fun with Brian Good daddy fun with Brian